on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network. From Learfield, welcome to Marquette Thursdays, live from Motorsports Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Trust, Wisconsin's bank, the official bank of Marquette. Now, here is your host, Jen Lada. Welcome into another Marquette Thursday at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. Marquette's basketball team has now won five straight, back up to ninth in the AP rankings. After knocking off a couple of teams this week, including Villanova on the road Tuesday, 85-80. to 80. I got to tell you, and I don't think I'm alone in this, my brain kept telling me, this is a hell of a basketball game. I am enjoying this. This is exciting. And yet my anxiety was saying, nah. This is not fun. Was it anxious for you at all, Coach, as you guys went out to a 20-point lead and then the other team, the Villanova squad, got back into it? No, not really anxious. It's just, you know, you're in the moment. And I told the guys after the game, it was, it was really three games in one. Uh, we beat them pretty bad. They beat us pretty bad. And then all of a sudden, it was anybody's game. And uh, our guys did a great job of, of as we, as our theme of the game was relentless, I'll tell you before you ask. Um, just being relentless and, and sticking to our approach and helping each other and showing the poise we needed down the stretch. We are live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley Davidson Museum. And of course, you guys can enjoy great food and drink specials all night long. Make sure to join us on select Thursday nights throughout the season to hear from head coach Shaka Smart and his players. Our next show is February 8th and will feature Al. So Tyler Kolick turns in a career-best 32 points, 10 for 20 shooting, 5 for 8 from long range. He also added 6 rebounds, 9 assists, and 3 steals. And I was thinking, man, this dude is in the zone. But you guys have a different term for what is kind of in the zone. What do you guys call it, and why do you think Tyler was able to find it the other night? Well, I mean, it's, there's a lot of different ways to describe in the zone, good description. But we say uh, when someone's in their circle. Uh, or, you know, another way is to talk about someone being in flow. You know, we're always trying to create a flow state um, in, inside of all of us, players, coaches, the team. Um, but, again, our term for that internally is being in the circle. And what the circle is for the team and then individuals, coaches and players, is it's the three to five elements that best describe us when we're at our best. Um, so one of Tyler's actually is cocky with poise. Um, and, and so he has these elements in the circle. That's one of them. And uh, another one is uh, chip over doubt. And so the chip on his shoulder being bigger than any of the doubts that he might have in his mind. And he certainly was, was living those uh, all game long against Villanova. And the crowd was giving him a tough time just chirping all night long. But we know him well enough to know that he actually thrives in those environments. He actually yeah. likes it when they talk trash to him because it seems like it takes his game to another level. He likes being the bad guy. You know, he likes kind of being the villain. He's such a good dude, and, though. <laughs> uh, Villanova, and I remember this going back to the first year we went there. Uh, they, they have some fans that they can get a little rude you know with you uh, i remember they were chanting um uh, at me that i was stupid um which is kind of a play on my last name but it is what it is you know when when fans say things like that i um i, I think it activates tyler it activates some of our guys they were saying he couldn't read 
which is inaccurate. He can read. Oh, thank you for clearing that up for us. 3.9 grade point average last semester. Um, and he was phenomenal. At, at, we talked about being relentless, um, living that out and helping his teammates do the same. Stevie Mitchell had 12 points and 9 rebounds. Oso Iguodaro, 15 points, 8 boards, a block, and a steal. Today it was announced that Oso is a Carl Malone Award midseason top 10 finalist. That goes to the best power forward in the league, so that's great for him. In the nation. In the, in the nation, rather. Thank you very much. Um, and we've seen the evolution of his game. Do you think he's attracting more attention from opposing defenses as he continues to do other things for your team? For sure, yeah, because we're putting him in different situations that they have to account for. For example, you know, the ball being in his hands, and then we're setting pick and rolls for him, which you just don't really see for a 6'10 player. Uh, and I told him yesterday, I said, do you know that you're in the 99th percentile of all ball handlers when you're using a pick and roll? And he said, no, I didn't know that. He said, what, what, what exactly does that mean in terms of, like, the possession? I said... When you come off a of pick and roll, we're scoring 1.4 points per possession, which would equate out to about 110, 115 points a game, you know, for our team. So he's been terrific. Um, great that he's getting this recognition. I, I haven't seen the other guys that were nominated in the top 10 for that award, but I'm, I'm sure also uh, absolutely uh, can not only be nominated, but win it. I love this idea of breaking that game against Villanova up into three separate games. In football, oftentimes they talk about winning the quarter of the season, right? That's how you break up these long things as well. So that's always a mindset that helps get through something that is daunting. But you guys were shooting, I believe I wrote this down correctly, close to 75% at one point in that game. Do you know that, that is not sustainable, that it is going to kind of regress to the mean, or do you think, hell, let's see how high we can get it? Well, I think when you go on the road, um, if you're playing well and you're shooting well, um, you just try to extend that stretch because, to your point, you know that at some point in the game, the home team's going to make a run, the crowd's going to get into the game. I showed the guys today in our film session, um, you know, fans may enjoy hearing this, we do really, really long film sessions. So we, we were in our film room today for an hour, and this is before practice, and that that's that, How does that compare to other teams? It's much longer than most teams. Um, and now, this time of year, you don't practice for as long. So it's maybe a little bit more mental. And, you know, you're not practicing for two hours. Maybe you're down to 80 minutes. Um, but in the film session, one of the things I showed our team with the sound was, you know, we, we have the TV copy. We have uh, the camera copy of the game. Uh, which is someone videoing it. But then we have someone behind our bench at all times videoing with an iPad. And they, they video all of our huddles in the timeouts. We get some great stuff in that. And then they take a shot from behind the bench so you can see the guys on the bench, see how into the game we are, and then you can see what's going out, out there on the floor. So I showed them two separate um, short videos from behind the bench when the game was going on. In the first one, we were on, on our early run, and it was super quiet in there. And you could hear the Marquette fans, because there was a lot of them behind our bench, but you couldn't really hear much from the Villanova fans, because you know, we were on a run. Then the next one, it was early second half, they were on a run, they took a lead, uh, and we called timeout with just under 16 minutes left in the game. And it was what you would imagine on the road. It was loud, it was... 
Uh, they were just on their feet. And I said, guys, here's the great thing about being a gladiator. You got to perform in both of these settings. You know, and you don't necessarily control which is which. Obviously, the better you play, the more it's going to quiet the home crowd if you're on the road team. But like to your point, you're not always going to shoot 75%. Um, so you've got to be able to handle these different environments and pull out the best in yourself and your teammates. How would you describe the resolve required to win on the road in the Big East? Well, there's nothing like it. That's why, you know, we, we really try to celebrate road wins because it's hard. I mean, it's when, when we were up big um, on Tuesday night, we knew, I knew, like they're coming back, you know, and they might even take the lead. So we're going to have to hang in there and keep playing and keep fighting. Uh, so the resolve, to be honest with you, Jen, the most important part of the job, the resolve is acceptance. And acceptance of, okay, we're not up 20 anymore. And... Uh, but there's still this, as I like to say, the predicament, predicament is still workable. You know, we can handle it. We can do what's next. Um, that's stolen, by the way. Most of my stuff is stolen. <laughs> and when, when you feel like it's workable and you have high character guys like Chase Ross, I love watching Chase Ross work the room because uh, you got to understand this guy came in as, um, yes. So he came in here, he didn't want to say boo to any, anybody. Now he's walking around like he's the mayor or running for mayor. Um, so I love that. By the way, how great was it to have Chase Frost back on the floor? I mean, it's amazing like the difference one player makes. He goes down after one minute at Seton Hall and we lose you know, the guy that's probably the best physical matchup for their best player, Kadari Richmond. Then, obviously, he wasn't able to play in the next game. We lose to Butler. Now, everybody that was in the building that day knows there were some bad spirits uh, swirling around that game. So it was more than just not having Chase. Um, but then, you know, the guys hung in there and battled. And to get him back in that game, in the Villanova game, particularly with Cam being out, was right on time. And he was huge. We did not intend to play him over 30 minutes, but he was so good out there. He was hanging in there. He did get tired, uh, but it was, we were really proud of him for, for his effort. I very much look forward to chatting with him a little bit later in the show just to hear what that process was like. Obviously, anytime you go through an injury midseason, you want to be out there with your guys. I'm sure Chase will be great on that. You mentioned Cam, so let's touch on that very quickly. He was out there in the previous game. He then had to come out of the previous game. Then he was kind of maybe going to go up against Villanova, but then he couldn't go. What was the latest? What's the latest on him, and what was that situation about? Cam, uh, in the nicest way possible, is irrational. Um, so he got hurt in practice. Friday, right? The day before we played, who did we play? Seton Hall. And he came down on someone's foot, turned his ankle. And he's like, oh, I'm playing tomorrow. And, you know, someone tells you to play, they're playing and you want to believe them. Uh, and so, well, okay, he's playing. He couldn't play. I mean, he, he's out there. We're fortunate that it, it didn't hurt. We're playing five on four for a couple of minutes there on defense. He did make a three, so uh, we'll, we'll take that. But, um, you know, then the, the Villanova game was three days later, and, you know, he obviously 
he just, man, you're not going to be able to play. Um, he's still working his way back. He's, you know, he's not 100%. He did some things in practice today, but uh, he has to be able to demonstrate that he can push off and move on that foot and that ankle, um, you know, to be able to go on Saturday. So, again, he's irrational. He's like, I'm playing. I'll be good. Uh, but that'll be a decision that, that uh, we make Saturday morning. So much more to come here on Marquette Thursdays, live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. You can enjoy an artfully stylish experience at St. Kate the Arts Hotel with deluxe accommodations, culinary creativity, on-site art galleries, and nightly live music. You'll enjoy every element of your stay at St. Kate. Learn more at stkatearts.com, stkatearts.com. More with Shaka Smart right after this from the Harley-Davidson Museum Motor Bar and Restaurant. Marquette fans, Buffalo Wild Wings is the official viewing party location for Marquette Road Games this season. Check out the Golden Eagles watch party schedule at gomarquette.com forward slash BWW. The next watch party is February 3rd at the Pewaukee Buffalo Wild Wings location. Marquette takes on Georgetown at 1 p.m. Very much looking forward to chatting with Shaka Smart about that game coming up on their schedule. But I want to talk to you a little bit about Ben Gold because he's a bit of a mystery to me and maybe to a bunch of Marquette fans out there. I believe he had a bucket that pushed up 20 in that Villanova game. He seems to really be coming on, finding a good uh, rhythm. I think he started against Villanova as well. What's his story? Where did he come from? How did you find him? He's from New Zealand. Uh, we found him through uh, what's called the NBA Academy, which the NBA has uh, these international academies, one in Australia, uh, one in Latin America, Mexico City, uh, one in uh, Africa, in Senegal. And they, what the NBA does is they try to attract some of the best international players that are you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 years old to come to these academies and train and play and basically finish their schooling. And so we, Nevada had a, uh, a guy that he used to coach that was there in Australia working with Ben. He recommended him two years ago, so our first season here, you know, we were recruiting Ben, and we had him come visit for a game. It happened to be the home game against Villanova. Um, Jay Wright's last year, so the year they went to the Final Four. Phenomenal atmosphere in five serve. Big win for us. I think Ben was sold after that game. If we can just get guys to visit for games, home <laughs> games, we're getting most of them. But unfortunately, most guys have their own seasons going on, so sometimes it's not conducive to, to be, be in the right time for them to visit, although we, we do have some guys uh, come on unofficial visits. You were just talking about this uh, mantra, the predicament is workable. It sort of reminds me of what I think you're getting at here with this, we get past hard. And I heard you saying that in a few uh, availabilities recently. What does we get past hard mean, and what does it look like on the court? Well, i got to finish the Ben Gold. Oh, we're not uh, done with Ben Gold. I thought we were done with Ben Gold. Let's no. finish Ben Gold. Because you said what's his story, and I told you where he's from, but I didn't tell you much other than that. So the, Benny Gold, first of all, he's very well-liked by his teammates, coaches, students, particularly female students, like Ben a lot. Good to um, know. <laughs> he, he just has a great spirit and a great energy about him, and I think people can, can feel that. And so uh, most people that have been – in Pfizer, when he makes a basket, no, 
that there's like an outsized level of applause and energy when, when he scores, which is awesome. He has phenomenal uh, potential, but like a lot of guys, sometimes we see more of the potential in him than himself. So he's in the middle of this path of learning how good he can be and learning all that he can be beyond just maybe a three-point shooter or some of the obvious things to him. He, to me, is in kind of a similar place of where Oso was in his sophomore year. Not saying he's the same player, um, but, you know, playing a support role, coming in, very, very important member of the team, not yet a full-time starter. He did start the other day because uh, of some injuries. But we, f we think that he can take those types of jumps over the rest of his career, similar to what Oso's done. And it just it all comes with confidence and knowing what he can do. Part of it is getting past hard. So for him and our team, that's one of our 21 cultural principles. Yes, we have 21 cultural principles. We have three core values, 21 cultural principles. We get past hard is one of the principles um, that's really, really important to games and practice because we try to make practices hard. And when you play a good team, they make the game hard. And so it's basically a mindset of, okay, when it's challenging, when you're tired, when you don't feel like doing it, uh, when it's raining outside, when it's sleeting, out, whatever it is, we get past that. We find a way to reach our goal. And, you know, Ben Gold has, has worked at getting better at that, as has our team. I love that you were able to marry those two together. The other thing I've heard a lot lately is our way and how you guys have really been working on making sure you're channeling our way. What yes. does that look like? Uh, there's a lot that goes with that. I mean, you guys have heard, like, you know, the this way, the Packer way, or, you know, uh, for a long time it was the Steeler way or Patriot way. Our way is just how we do things. And it starts with our culture, how we act, interact, and respond, um, the way we practice, the way we train, the way our guys treat each other, relationships being at the forefront of everything we do. And it's not to be critical of anyone else's way. But I, I would say compared to, you know, most of the other teams out there, we're a little bit different. You know, we're one of two teams in the entire uh, nation at the high major level that has not taken a transfer in the last two years from Division One. That doesn't mean we never will. Um, but our way is, for example, to believe a year and a half ago in Stevie Mitchell, David Joplin, and Cam Jones coming off of their freshman years that we thought they could take a big jump. Uh, to do the same with Ben Gold, you know, last year. Chase Ross, who's here today. Um, and then to work our butt off to develop them because growth is one of our core values. We can't beat our chest about how good we are at helping guys develop and then kind of discard them for some grad transfer that comes in from Weber State. You know, and, and again, that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with taking transfers in, in, in certain situations it might make relationships growth, and then all the things we do that go into victory. And I know we talked about growth a lot, but obviously it is very important to the program. We know that growth is not linear, though, right? That it doesn't yes. always go in this upward trajectory. So how do you reconcile that? You know, I have this anecdote about David Joplin where you said you've been racking your brain to figure out how to access a certain version of him more yes. often. So how do you reconcile that growth? You're hoping it's happening, but you can't I've, always see it. I've been on his backside. Yes. I mean, Jop, Jop and I have spent a lot of time together. 
I've deputized a couple members of our staff to help me with follow-up in some particular areas, but it just, I just felt like, man, a few weeks ago, we can get more, we can get more, Job can do more, and I think he has. I think he's, uh, you know, I think he's really trending the right way. He's scored in double figures, I think, either four or five straight games. Uh, defensively, he's been more engaged, and, you know, he's really stepped forward while Chase was out, Sean being out, Cam being sidelined, um, and, and I'm proud of him. So that's part of our way, too. And I tell our staff, you know, we can't ask our players to be uncomfortable if we're not willing to be uncomfortable. Everything we're asking them to do has to start with us. It has to start with me first and then the rest of our staff. So that's our way. I think the other thing, and, you know, since we've got a lot of fans here and people listening, part of our way is, you know, you all, you want to know these guys. You want to know who they are. And one of the things that's really cool is, you know, a guy comes in here as a freshman and you get to know him and you start to see him play and then you see his growth, you see his development, you, you, you hear him come to the radio show and you learn some things about him off the court, you, you learn about him as a human being, and now there's more of a connection. And I, I just think that's more powerful um, than maybe other ways to do it. It's certainly being challenged by the landscape of sports in college right now, but I think we can do it. We talked about how Jordan Love was in attendance at the game at home last Saturday. You were almost giddy talking about Jordan Love in the post-game press Man, conference. I, I love that guy. And, and, and what is it about him that you love? Well, we went up there in October. Uh, we did our retreat. And really, really thankful that we had a connection um, with the Packers where we were able to do all of our team building activities in Lambeau Field. Um, and there's an there's a area in one, up in one of the end zones called the Champions Club. It's really cool. It overlooks the field. And, you know, we're up there. It's like in the middle of the week. So it's like Thursday. I mean, what they do with the field and the way they treat it. I mean, they're spending millions of dollars to keep upkeep that field. And so we're, there we are. We're, we're doing our... Our, all of our team building stuff and um, then the next day we got to go watch the Packers practice and I mean as I've said before me and Jop we're just two kids from Wisconsin living out our dream here we are we're watching the Packers practice pretty cool uh, and so I'm watching these guys watching Jordan Love um, and, and I'm watching coach how they do things football practice is always interesting because you got a million things going on Basketball practice is usually one thing going on or maybe two ends. But football practice, there's stuff all over the place. So the practice gets done, and coach calls us over. And then he said to me, he said, you got anything you want to say to the team? And so I got to speak to the Packers. That was so cool. <laughs> um, and then afterwards, I just got a chance to talk to Jordan Love. His humility, incredible. You could see in him, in his eyes, like he's got a, a real hunger and passion. Um, but it also struck me when I saw him, I don't even know if this guy knows how good he is and what he has. And then you watch like as the season played out and obviously he realized it more and more. And so I just, I'm a big fan of his. Um, you can't be in this area without pulling for the Packers. Um, don't get mad at me, but I did use an 85 Bears anecdote with our team going into the last game um, because 
my grandfather was a Chicagoan, and you know he he pounded that into my head. But I'm absolutely a Packers fan. ESPN just released the top uh, 52, I believe it is, Super yes. Bowl teams of all time, and the 85 Bears were number two on that list behind the Washington Commanders, which were in 1991, and the Green Bay Packers team that so many people obviously cheered for back in the 90s was, I think. Third, fourth on the list, third or fourth on the list. So we got some good teams. Yeah, so we, we used well. a, an anecdote from Mike Singletary just talking about their defense. And as we know, they had one of the best mm -hmm. of all time. And he just talked about the passion and the pride that they had and then broke down different guys on their team. So we used that uh, the night before the Villanova game, and, and the guys were really locked into it. Lastly, you have talked about the connectivity, not just with your team, but also in the community. And Doc Rivers is now the head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. What is your relationship with him like, and how nice is it now to have another guy to bounce ideas off of in the offseason and whatnot? Well, it's really cool, the Marquette connection. Uh, you know, him being an all-time great. His number being up in the rafters, a name, um, and, and I, I, every game... You know, some of you guys might see me. I, when the guys are being announced and when they play the video, I'm always looking up and just um, really just gratitude to be in the same arena um, that, that honors those guys' names and jerseys, uh, Al and Hank uh, and all the great players. Um, I got to know Doc Rivers a long time ago because I recruited his son, Austin Rivers, when I was an assistant coach at Florida. And he was very, very kind to me. He did not have to be. I was nobody, 29 years old, and uh, developed a relationship with him, stayed in touch with him, and then when I got the job here, um, you know, he's been incredibly supportive, and so it's pretty cool to have him as the coach of the Bucks, and uh, it's going to be fun to watch them the rest of the year. We will take a break here on Marquette Thursdays from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Coming up, Chase Ross, where is he? Still shaking hands, taking pictures? All right, we'll get him over here. We'll ask him some questions right after this. Tonight's Marquette Player interview is brought to you by Wintrust, Wisconsin's bank, the official banking partner of Marquette University and home to Marquette Checking with free ATMs nationwide, Wintrust. Straight off the Ross, wide open, three, good. Big, oh, big shot by Ross. Baby, bigger than big. Free Higodaro, they double team him right away. Oh, dunk so that. Chase Thank Ross you. is free. See how he, easy you can do that? Yes. Across out, Chase Ross, wide open, three. Just good hit one again. of those. Oh, how pure is that? How soft. Pure Chase Ross. Martinelli has a knock stolen oh, yeah. away. It's showtime. The hammer with Chase Ross. Pass outside. Chase Ross open three. Pure. First shot back. Welcome back. He didn't flinch. Here's his steal. Showtime. Chase Ross. He won't miss. The one-handed hammer. We are thrilled to be joined by Chase Ross here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Yeah, give him a warm welcome because he's a little nervous. He told us he would rather. <laughs> you were doing so well when you were mingling with the crowd. So let's talk about something that you obviously have a lot of experience in, the injury that you dealt with earlier this year. First of all, what happened and how are you feeling now? Uh, so, yeah, I dislocated my shoulder at Seton Hall. Unfortunately, I only played uh, one minute. But uh, after that, I mean, just like going through the rehab process in a sling, I mean, it was... It was, it was rough times for me, uh, obviously. Uh, not being there for my team, it was a little devastating uh, towards me. But, I mean, I was trying to be the biggest EGB guy for them, cheering them on. And, I mean, right now, I mean, I feel great. I played 
happy to be back. Was it difficult getting used to playing? Look, they're happy you're back too. <laughs> Was it difficult getting used to playing with that brace on? Uh, yes, I actually did not like it. Uh, I practiced like the day before. I practiced before we played, and it was it was a little business in a way. But I got to play with it for a while, so we'll see. Eric, you touched on the emotions, devastating. <clears throat> There's a you know huge um, feeling that you experienced when they told you that it was dislocated. What's going through your mind? Uh, actually, I didn't know it was dislocated. I just thought my arm was hurting, and then um, I think Sean came over. And he looked at my shoulder, and like his eyes bulged, <laughs> and um, he said, he basically said, the trainer needs to hurry up and come. So then I looked over, and I seen my shoulder just all out of whack. So then that's when I start thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> so, yeah. But you're back out there on the court. So let's talk about that Villanova game because, as we discussed, you guys get out to a huge lead. I think it's 20 points at one point. What are you feeling as a member of the squad then? And then how did that change as Villanova started to make buckets and close the gap? Well, I mean, I mean, we were confident uh, the whole way. Uh, of course, 20 points. Um, we were, I guess we uh, took our foot off the gas a little bit. But other than that, I feel like we were confident throughout the time, even when they made their run. Uh, we just stayed together, came together, and told us like what else we need from each other. So that's what we did. Chase Ross joining us here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum for Marquette Thursdays. Okay, so Coach always talks about how those away environments are really difficult to play in and then obviously difficult to win in. What is that like? As someone who's never been in a hostile environment and had to perform at a high level, what is it like to have that those that crowd yelling at you guys, the comments they're making to Tyler, the things they're saying to coach at certain times. What is it like to be able to navigate that? Me personally, I like it. I mean, I start laughing. Uh, I just just laugh at them like, how about you come out here and do this? But other than that, I mean, it's fun. I like it. It actually, like, gets me going, gets my team going, especially me and Tyler had 30 and they were talking about them. So, I mean, they can keep doing it. We're going to keep winning. Can you tell when he's in the zone? Can you tell when any of your other teammates are in the zone? I know we use the uh, phrase flow. Coach used the flow in the circle to describe that. But can you see it when a guy is having a night that's going to be a career night for them? Yeah, you can just see the look in the eyes. I mean, once TK got the ball, they kept going under. He's shooting. I was like, oh, it's going to be a long day. Long day. <laughs> <laughs> so five straight wins. What has been the key to that stretch? Uh I mean, just being together, uh, playing, sticking to uh, our roots and what we do and not getting uh, outside of our process and just trusting everything that we do and what we do in practice is going to work and carry over to the game. I ask every guy who sits in this seat, give me a comp. When you look at the NBA and you see guys out there who are playing at the next level, who's somebody you try to model your game after and what do you need to continue doing to play to be your best basketball player? Um. Some of the coaches say I uh, play like Josh Hart. Uh, he basically does everything, um, shoots, the guards, rebounds, anything you need. So that's a compliment. Yeah, so. And you're good at taking compliments, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I'll say Josh Hart. All right, and what are some of the things you need to continue working on in order to elevate yourself to the next level? Um, I feel like I just need to be more consistent. Uh on the offensive end uh, and just assert, assert myself a little more and then I think I'll be, I'll be A-OK. -okay. 
I have a list here of things that the uh, program has about you. It says if you could play one-on-one with anyone, it would be Kobe Bryant. What do you admire about Kobe's game? Obviously one of the greatest to ever do it, but you think you would get him in one-on-one, or you think that might be a, uh, a little dog walking? Uh, I mean, I definitely uh, I won't lose without a fight, but I feel like, I mean, I just like his mentality, of course, and just just everything he does, I feel like I just, I don't know, there's something about him that's just, just that mamba, that dog in him. So that's why I like Kobe. Are you one of these guys that goes to YouTube or goes and watches video of NBA players or of some of the greats and then tries to kind of take little things from their game and add to your own? I actually do. I mean, I think, I don't know if Coach would like me to say this, but um, I used to do some turnaround jumpers and uh, the fadeaways in high school. But I can't shoot him anymore now because he doesn't like those shots. But, I mean, I think I'm good at him. Why doesn't Coach like those shots? I, I don't know. you got to ask him. We will ask Coach. Talk to me about turnaround jumpers, Coach. <laughs> um, it does feel like this team is really clicking right now. Obviously, we went through a little bit of adversity earlier this year. But a big game this weekend. Uh, Coach was telling us what the theme was of this past week. How do you guys prepare yourself again for this stretch where so many of your games are on the road? Like, what's the mindset going into all of these Big East games away from Pfizer Forum? Uh, I mean, we have a road approach. Uh, it's just to go out there and uh, just not worry about the crowd and just play like we're in Pfizer's. Honestly, just staying together with our close-knit circle, get into our circle, and then encourage each other, and we'll win. What has been your favorite memory so far of being a member of this Marquette Golden Eagles basketball team? Favorite memory? Uh, probably uh, going to Italy this summer. I mean, I feel like that uh, few, like, 15 days, that was pretty fun with our team, just getting to know each other, staying with different people, traveling uh, to different uh, cities and all that. I mean, it was pretty fun, especially going to Italy. You go to Italy and you got to eat some of the food. Did you at least indulge in some of the culinary options there? Yeah, I, um, I uh, had gelato every day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, I had pizza almost every day. So, I mean, I was loving it over there. A little pasta. Oh, yeah, I had some pasta, too. Yeah. Okay, all right. And is that the best place you've ever been to Italy when you guys went on the trip with the team? Of course. Of course? Of course. Wow, that was definitive. <laughs> what is it like to be on those trips with the guys? I mean, I know that they're learning experiences. You're trying to build that connectivity as well. But what is the, what's the best part of doing those types of trips with your team? Um, just honestly, it's a blessing. Um, just being able to travel with your brothers uh see new cities new things to do and just like a little team bonding away from home of course we're in milwaukee it's cold here uh so we got somewhere warm nice beach all the boats yeah it was it was fun now that you mention it you did come up here to a pretty cold place from a pretty warm place you're from texas which means that you are a what fan in the nfl oh my then you can say it louder. What was that? I'm a Cowboys fan. You're a Cowboys fan, right. That's right. I, I remembered that. And I heard that you were very, very confident about that game between the Packers and the Cowboys. Is that true? I, I, I was. I definitely was. I mean, it happens. They still lost anyway, so we're both at home. And now you got Dan Quinn going over to the Commanders, so you just lost your D.C. You feeling good about that? No. <laughs> 
All right, all right. We'll take our foot off the gas on the Cowboys thing. Thanks for being a good sport about that. If What do you want people here to know about this team? What do you want people, when they're watching Marquette on the court, to know about the guys that you're going to battle with every single week? Um, Just that. I mean, we all put in a lot of a lot of work um, behind the scenes, and um, even though we have a bad game, I, I just say stick with us. I mean, we're all we're all human, and I mean, just trust the process. I feel like we're going to be great in the end. Chase Ross, thanks for hanging out with us here at Motor Barn Restaurant. Of course. I think you did exceptionally well, especially for a guy who calls himself shy and didn't want to talk to us. Chase Ross, everybody. <laughs> All right, still more to come here from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Remember, only five home games remain this season. Two are already sold out. Don't miss your chance to be part of the excitement at Pfizer Forum as number nine Marquette battles defend its Big East title. Get your tickets before they're gone at gomarquette.com backslash tickets. More with Shaka Smart right after this from Motor Bar and Restaurant in downtown Milwaukee. Back here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum for Marquette Thursdays. Enjoy great food and drink specials all night long. And remember, don't wreck a great time at the game. The Marquette Golden Eagles remind you to drive sober or get pulled over. Visit ZeroInWisconsin.gov to learn more. Zero in Wisconsin. Together we can save lives. Wisconsin D-O-T. Back here with Shaka Smart at Motor Bar and Restaurant. So, Coach, you got Georgetown coming up. What are you expecting from that matchup? Well, Ed Cooley, uh, you know, phenomenal coach, hard-nosed. Um, you know, he's done a good job getting those guys more and more to buy into his way. <laughs> you know, they say that the, the team takes on the personality of the coach, and you can see that starting to occur uh, with Georgetown's group. And, you know, we've got to just make sure that we go down there and we bring our hard hats, uh, we bring our defense, and most importantly, we, just, we help each other, support each other over the course of 40 minutes. Um, you know, obviously we've been on the road a lot uh, these last couple weeks. And so this is another opportunity. Going on the road in the Big East is absolutely an opportunity. It's hard, it's challenging, but it's fun. And uh, we're grateful that, that to, to go out there Saturday afternoon. You often talk about enthusiasm, obviously EGBs and energy and whatnot, but I've seen passion being used a lot lately. And you have been coming to post-game press conferences and saying, that was a fun game. So it feels like you're emphasizing passion and fun and energy and all of those sorts of things. Is that the team's identity? Well, I mean, think about the opposite of those words. What, you know, what's the opposite of passion? What's the opposite of fun? Ambivalent, what's, what's the opposite boring. of enthusiasm? You know, I've said for a long time that uh, the number one quality that, to me, uh, I, I can't do anything with and, and just there's, it's, it's, we talk about predicaments workable that is not workable is apathy you know if you're apathetic uh, there's nothing you really you can do but you're not going to be successful especially when something's hard so um, you know passion for what you're doing passion for each other uh, I, I think that one advantage we have on our team is the way that our guys genuinely feel about each other about Marquette about you know, our fans, uh, the common bond that, that, that our team shares. And so having a passion in those things carries over and helps you stay together during tough times. And the game, right, the game of basketball, it's not just a means to an end. It's they genuinely enjoy playing basketball. Yeah, you better. I mean, you, you don't get a lot of time to play college basketball. You really don't. It goes fast. 
it feels like Chase Ross just gets just got here. You know, and now he's a sophomore and over, you know, two-thirds of the way done with his, his sophomore regular season. We were just talking about Stevie uh, with, with some folks here, and I said, man, we got to enjoy, enjoy the heck out of him while we got him. We only got him one more year after this year um, because I think they broke the mold when they made Stevie. But, you know, that's, um, that's what you have to really embrace while you're here, and that's why every game, it might feel like a grind, it might, you might have a level of fatigue, whatever it may be, but you either get to do it or you have to do it. And we choose the, the get-to approach. And this is no knock on any of your young men because I think they are all fantastic. But for whatever reason, Stevie Mitchell seems to be the poster child for those things we just mentioned, for enthusiasm, for passion, for fun. seems to love the game, and he seems to um, infect everyone around him positively. Stevie Mitchell is a poster child for a lot of things. Uh, 4.0 grade point average the last uh, three semesters. Um, you know, one of the most caring individuals uh, that I've been around. And he's someone that I'm trying to get him to understand, hey, when basketball's over, you can be even more successful in other things beyond playing. But you know how these guys are. They're just basketball. They, they, they think it's just basketball, basketball, basketball. But I, even if you play a long time professionally, you're still a young man when you get done, you know, and there's other things. I think this guy could be, um, you know, a CEO of a company or a high-level politician. Well, let's not have him do that. Uh, but, you know, something really, really important where he's impacting a lot of people. The other thing I saw this week that I wanted to ask you about was an eyeball contract. And I think you were talking about yep. flow and whatnot. But what is an eyeball contract that your guys have uh, amongst themselves? It's when you look each other in the eye and you tell someone something with your eyes and and it happens a lot in sports you know it happens where you know you you're not really able to say it maybe because the other team's right there or whatever but you just know you look them in the eye okay i'm going back door on this next one or when this happens pop out um the best teams have more eyeball contracts the worst teams have less eye contact they don't look at each other they're looking down they're going like this they're caught up in their, themselves and the reality is, you know, particularly nights like the other night when Villanova was making their run, the only way is for our guys to look each other in the eye and support each other uh, on what we need to do next. I love that. I'm definitely going to have an eyeball contract with my kids. I actually think we already have one. I look at them a certain way, and they know exactly what mom is thinking. That's good. So we're good. Always a pleasure to sit with Shaka Smart. We obviously have a big game this weekend, but we're going to be back with you next weekend as well. So thank you for hanging out with us, guys. Shaka Smart, everyone. Thank you. We'll take one more break and wrap up the show live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Back here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum for Marquette Thursday. So happy to have Shaka Smart and Chase Ross here with us this evening. Marquette's current five-game win streak, guys, is its longest since the beginning of the season when they started 5-0, and and it is largely the result of consistent effort on the offensive end. In the last five outings, the Golden Eagles are shooting 54% from the floor overall, 
39 plus percent from long distance with both marks being well above the team's season long efforts and if you look at the schedule look these are conversations that fans can have these are conversations that media can have maybe it's a little too early for Shaka and company to have this conversation but you're looking at this February schedule guys you got the game at Georgetown you got a home game against St. John's you got at Butler and then you've got a matchup on February 17th at UConn which is currently the number one team in the country we are circling that on the calendar they could win all of the games leading up to that certainly thanks for hanging out with us here at motor bar and restaurant for marquette thursdays we will be back with you next week This has been Marquette Thursdays, live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network. From Learfield, brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Trust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of Marquette. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network.